And this is Moment of Hope brought to you by the Missionary Church Association in Jamaica. I am your host, minister and life coach, Marja Elaine Francis, welcoming you to the program. Good morning, listeners. I share with you excerpts from the poem, For My Little Ones by Mary Kathleen. I never saw your twinkling eyes or touched your precious feet. I never shared a tiny yawn or rocked you fast asleep. I never kissed your tiny hands or saw your little smile. I never held you in my arms, but I held you for a while. Although I never saw your face or heard your precious laughter, you're still my child whom I love and will forever after. This is the reality of many parents. Research indicates that one in four individuals and families' lives are altered by the death of their child during pregnancy, childbirth, or infancy. Still, there is a stigma surrounding pregnancy and infant loss, while so many parents suffer in silence on the loss of their child. Today, we are shining light on pregnancy and infant loss. My guest is Gian Williams, attorney, advocate, and author of Lifting the Weight of Miscarriage, Healing Insights on Pregnancy Loss. She will share her experience with us, how family members and friends can help, and lifting the stigma. How can we do that? Gian Williams, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It is good to have you and I'd love for you to start out by just sharing with our guests, you know, a little about you. Who is Gian Williams? Well, Gian Williams, I would consider to be a regular Caribbean woman. Um, I pride myself on being very well-rounded. Um, that's what you call somebody who's just here, there and everywhere. <laughs> so many- <laughs> interest. But yes, I am an attorney. I specialize in intellectual property law. Um, I love poetry. I love the arts. I am a creative at heart. And so I decided to marry my love for the arts with the area of law that protects entertainment and creativity. Um, outside of that, I I'm, I consider myself to be quiet <laughs> and honestly shy, to be honest. I prefer to be, you know, alone uh, or, you know, few people. But I think as well, I have the tendency to be very outspoken. So I'm I'm very dynamic in that sense. It's no one thing. I can be whatever the situation demands. But generally, I prefer to just be with, you know, close friends and family still dynamic yes <laughs> now you are you are here today because of an experience that you had a few years ago and I'd love for you to just share describe your experience it was pregnancy and infant loss just describe that experience for us sure um I was 37 years old at the time I was trying to get pregnant for some years wasn't successful until it was the middle of the pandemic mm. and just, um, it really just happened when I, I wasn't thinking about it wasn't looking for it and 
the pregnancy was going really well. I didn't have any of the morning sickness or all those other things people complain about until about the five month mark when I started experiencing some pelvic pains quite regularly, um, quite sharp. So I went to my doctor for my checkups and he informed me that um, I had fibroids. I knew I had fibroids, but they never caused a problem before. Mm -hmm. But as he explained to me, as the baby grows, they grow as well, or they could grow as well, or the baby will steal their blood supply and they will begin to break down. So the latter is what happened. And in breaking down, they cause a lot, a lot of pain. So they call it degenerating fibroids. It so happened that at the 26 week mark around that six and a half months pregnant, uh, the pain continued and the pain was so intense it triggered my body into thinking that I was having contractions. So the birth process then started, my water broke. I delivered my son. He lived for less than a minute. And then um, they informed me that he didn't make it. So it was caused by fibroids um, and it just has been a a whirlwind of emotions since then. Imagine what was your initial reaction when the doctor gave you that news? Uh that he didn't make it? Yes. I I suspected I suspected it because they you know took the baby from me and I didn't hear anything and I saw I couldn't see them from where I was positioned, but I saw lots of doctors, lots of nurses coming in. And then there was a nurse who stayed by my side and she just kept rubbing my shoulder. And I looked at her face and I said, she looks, she doesn't look like it's something positive. So I started thinking that's going to happen and praying, God, please don't take him, please save him. And um, then he told me and it was just, I was just, I was crushed. I was, I was angry. I'll, I'll be very honest. I was very angry um, because you, you in the moment think, you know, I, I am the, I am set for motherhood. I am, I'm financially, mentally, emotionally, able to take care of this child this child that I wanted all all along and it just never it to see that it didn't materialize it really crushed me um and then having to deal with the the after process of the hospital and um hearing that I wouldn't be able to bury my son and going through that whole emotion it was just devastation that's that's the the word that keeps coming up for me I was just absolutely devastated that must have been a difficult period for you Jian but I I imagine that family members and friends would have been there so I'd love for you to share I mean there are maybe other women who 
have similar experience, you know, how can family members and friends help if there is a loved one who, who is going through infant loss? So there's there's not so much of a of a set list that I would recommend people say do A, B, C, D. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. What you have to do is be in tune with the particular person who has gone through the loss. People deal with it differently. I had a friend who had a loss and she wanted people around her all the time. Like she didn't want to be alone. Me, on the other hand, please leave me alone. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to answer any questions. Most persons started you know, funneling questions to my partner. And we, it just was really, really difficult for me to, to have to, to talk to people. I had a lot of anxiety. Um, so I really just needed, I trusted maybe a handful of people. And those were the ones who I called on when I needed support, if I needed something to be done or, or whatever the case is. But you really have to pay attention to what the, the person wants and what they need. I had a friend that used to message me every day. How are you? How are you? And I told him, please stop doing that. It's it's frustrating and it's it it bothers me to keep having to talk about it and explain how I feel. So please stop asking me how I'm feeling. So it, it there is no real set um, methodology per se, but there are some things, of course, you can do. And the one thing I always recommend that people do is acknowledge that there was a baby. Yes. Do not stay away. Do not act like it didn't happen. You really have to acknowledge that this baby existed and you have to acknowledge her pain the question is how do you do that and how you do that will be dependent on what she wants and what she needs but you but I can't tell you how many people used to you know I would call them weeks after and say you know don't know if you heard but I lost the baby and it's like yeah I knew I just didn't know how to tell what to say to you and that was so infuriating to me because here I am thinking you know mm -hmm. wow this person doesn't know and I'm thinking about their feelings and to hear they knew about it but they stayed mm -hmm. away so I would say never stay away acknowledge how acknowledge that the baby existed call the baby by the name if the mother gave them the name and just really be as supportive as she allows you to be and she needs you to be as supportive as she allows you to be and needs you among whatever else you choose to do just be supportive and acknowledge that the baby is a baby it yes. happened right yes. uh yeah, Jan, thank you so much for that. I know you would have had the expectation of taking home this baby, you know, looking forward to giving birth and grow this baby, but you had to leave the hospital without your baby boy. What was that like? And what would you say to anyone who has to go home without what they expected to go home with? Hmm. That, that perhaps was, um, again, one of the very traumatizing 
impacts because uh, I, 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 I was on the maternity ward and I had to stay there for about two days before I could go home. So I'm on the ward and I'm hearing all these babies crying and people delivering babies and, you know, walking out of the maternity ward. Now, I, I remember I had to walk past, like they had these babies lined off to, to wear them. Yes. To walk past these babies. Ooh. And I walked past and while I walked past, the nurse said, Miss Williams, wait, we didn't wear you before you leave. And I had to go now and get weighed where they were weighing the babies. And I'm sit, I'm standing on this weight with babies just flanked on either side. And I'm thinking, wow, none of these belong to me. I remember I, I said, I'm going home in the same dress that I came into this hospital with. No sign of pregnancy, nothing. Like nothing happened. And um, it was really, really difficult. The question I think some people ask me is, what do you do with the things that you already bought for the baby when you go back home? I think that's a personal choice. I still have them because I'm still hopeful that it will happen again. Um, but it it really is just the beginning of a, a long I wouldn't say long. I can't put time on it, but it is the beginning of a painful process to to have to leave the hospital and go home without the baby that you want. You're going to have to acknowledge whatever emotions you're feeling. I honestly say nobody's supposed to tell you what you're supposed to be feeling. Um, because there are lots of people who say, oh, you should don't, don't say you're angry at God and don't say this and don't say that. But if that's how you're feeling, I would say honor those feelings. Um, and, and just pre be prepared that it's, it's not going to be easy. Um, get the support you need and just really try to acknowledge and deal with the, the pain that you're feeling. My guest today is Jian Williams, an attorney, advocate, and author of Lifting the Weight of Miscarriage. And we have been focusing on her own personal journey of what she went through in the period when she lost her son. Brave she is to be willing to share her story with us. Jan, you spoke about you as the mother and how it affected you. We know in many cultures, you know, men, men, men are expected to be tough, not express their emotions. But when there's the loss of a baby, they too are affected because they had expectations like the mothers, you know. Um, how can men be supported in handling the loss of a child? Yes. Um, in my book, there's a whole chapter called The Forgotten Fathers, because mm -hmm. I realized from my experience as well that people tended to bypass him yes. and asked him how I was doing, but nobody was asking him how oh. he was doing. When immediately after the loss, he was the one who had to go get medication to stop my breast milk from flowing. He had to prepare documents and um, ready the house for me to come back. I think, you know, preparing to hide away all this stuff and these things and, and 
he's hurting as well. Um, yes. We're really looking forward to this child. It would have been our first child together. Um, he has a child from a previous relationship, but it just really was something that we were looking forward to. And I realized that it was important for me to ask him how he was doing and also you know, ask my family members, like, don't keep passing over him, ask him how, how he was doing. So to support men, I think, again, we need to acknowledge that men hurt too. They, they don't really have the, 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 the luxury to, to stop and grieve because they oftentimes are looking after the mother or, you know, they don't get any space. Like you, I go through the process, I get, um, sick leave or maternity leave or whatever the case is, but they don't get anything. They they have to go back to work. He 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 took off, I think one day and had to go back, had to go back to work. So we have to acknowledge that men grieve, and their pain is equal or even more than than some women because it it is a loss for them and especially I was expecting a boy so you know it <laughs> it's it was a lot of excitement um and and hope welcoming this child but it wasn't it wasn't meant to be but acknowledge the men don't forget that they hurt most definitely the men they hurt too and they grieve so we need to look out for them Jian, you have written out of your own experience a book lifting the weight of miscarriage what inspired you to write that book so the book started with me trying to process my own feelings uh, people kept asking me how I was feeling and I couldn't put it into words. So the book literally started with me writing down emotions as angry, frustrated, bitter, sad, um, confused, writing down those words. And then I started to have more experiences with people in the immediate aftermath where people were saying, I don't know what to say to you. Um, people were just saying things that I found to be extremely insensitive and I found myself then writing down things I wish I could say to people um, about this experience that so they don't do these things that they, they want to do. And then I went on and I found out more women were coming to me and whispering in my ear, I lost two babies. I lost uh -huh. three. I had someone come to me and tell me I lost seven babies. Can you imagine seven babies? Wow. And, and this is someone who I, I've known for many, many years and I had no idea. And I thought to myself, wow, there are so many women around me hurting. But and not expressing. Not saying anything. Yes. And if I feel this way, can you imagine how somebody feels after seven and she's not having any sort of help or support that doesn't want to talk about it so then i said no i this 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 needs some this needs some awareness and i feel like because we don't talk about it because there's so much shame and stigma attached to pregnancy loss and we don't talk about it i just think that it was important for me and i also feel very strongly that god was pushing me to to write this book i i really feel like this is a a god 
blessed mission um, because on my own, I don't want to do this. I don't want to keep talking about it, yes. but I realize that it's a, a need um, for us because there, there are way too many people hurting and there are way too many people who don't understand how to navigate the situation either as someone who's been through the loss or someone who is around somebody who's been through the loss. So it's just my thoughts. It's just my recommendations. It's it's the lawyer at work recognizing where legislation needs to be strengthened um, and areas where the hospital could improve and, and people could improve the way that they talk to you, the gifts that they buy for you after, they, you after you've lost the baby, giving you real practical advice that I really felt was missing, especially from a Caribbean experience. Oh. Because everything I was finding was from the UK and the US. And I'm thinking, nah, the Caribbean kind of special. <laughs> we we need our own. Our own, yes. Yeah, we the, the pressure we get is is different. It, uh, every every woman faces pressure to get have children and get married, but I feel like that pressure is different for us in, in the Caribbean, much stronger. And so I think that. I wanted to add that voice and and to be the face of it for so many people who are still afraid to to be the face of it. Wow, so many powerful nuggets in that book. Listeners, if you need your copy, you know someone who could benefit from a copy. It is lifting the weight of miscarriage. And you can go on over to Amazon and get your copy of Gian's book. Jan, there's so much more that we could talk about and maybe we need to talk another time. But as we close, what word of encouragement do you have for other women who have experienced pregnancy and infant loss or maybe going through that whole process right now? My advice is two things. One, I want women to recognize women who've gone through this or women who are going through this you are absolutely not alone. Statistics say one in every four pregnancies end in loss. And one in every four women are going to experience pregnancy loss. That's you and three of your closest friends. At least one of you is going to go through this. So with those statistics showing that it is such a pervasive issue, you're not alone. It's just that we are we have so much shame and stigma, a stigma attached to it, but it doesn't have to be that. So the second thing is find support. Some people are lucky to have very supportive partners or friends or family. And unfortunately, some people don't have that support. I would say if you don't have it, and even if you have it, consider professional help. It is extremely helpful. Oh, yes. In the Caribbean, we think that we don't like therapy. We don't like talking to strangers, but it has been, I used to feel that way, but can I tell you that is, I think, one of the biggest reasons why I'm able to do what I'm doing now, because I was able to process a lot of what I was doing. So those are my two things. Um, recognize that you're not alone and um, consider professional help 
or, or, or just, just support in general. Don't bottle it up at all. That's my advice. Thank you so much, Jihan. There you have it. We're shining the light on pregnancy and infant loss. Jihan did say support is important. She's in St. Kitts. But here in Jamaica, we have the Four Damani Foundation. You can look them up on Instagram or Facebook if you need support. There are other women there who are willing to share their experience or are willing to give you the support that is needed. Last week, I um, participated in the wave of light as mothers were there just commemorating the memory of their, their child, be it a boy or a girl that they lost. And one of the things they did mention is not knowing beforehand that there was support and the mental pressure that it placed on them. So support is important. Get the support. You're not alone. Yes. Ah, wow. I'll just pray at this time. Father God, I thank you even now that you are our God and absolutely nothing we go through is unnoticed by you. Lord, when we go through difficult moments, sometimes it leads us to wonder, are you there, God? Do you care? But we know as it is written in your word, that you are never going to leave us or forsake us. And in the difficult times, you are there. And so even now, I ask that you'll minister to the women, the men who are grieving the loss of their child. May you just comfort and strengthen like only you can in Jesus' name. Amen. May I remind you, the Missionary Church Association in Jamaica brings Moments of Hope to you every Sunday at 7.30 a.m. Thanks to you, our listeners, and thanks to GN Williams, our guest. If you need prayer counseling or further information, call the Missionary Church Association office at 924-1378 or WhatsApp 7910527. Also, link us on Facebook at Moments of Hope MCAJ with your comments. I am Marja Elaine Francis. Regardless of what you encounter in life, there is hope and there is power in prayer. Hebrews 11 verse 6 reminds us that God rewards those who earnestly seek him. I invite you to pray by yourself or join with a family member or friend and let us pray being mindful that God answers prayers. Tune in again next week for another moment of hope.